what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. JT, welcome back here as we continue on on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Uh, be careful on the roads, everybody. I was up early today. Everybody last night on the news here in Vegas was talking about how crazy today was going to be. For those who are listening outside the market, we don't get much weather in Vegas. Literally, we don't get much. It's great year-round, other than when we bake like potatoes in July and August. We get very little rain. We get some wind from time to time, and today they acted like it was going to be raining all day, storms, and heavy wind, and it could just be starting now, depending on when, where you're listening, and just be careful out on the roads. We're supposed to have Mary Kay Cabot on. She's the number one insider for the Browns. She just had to cancel because of the COVID outbreak with the Cleveland Browns. So she's buried. She'll either join me tonight on Sirius XM. We'll play that tomorrow, or she'll come on with us tomorrow. We're also going to have Jim Donovan on, The Voice of the Cleveland Browns. So the breaking news today in the NFL is the team that the Raiders are playing, the Cleveland Browns have eight new players in COVID protocol, which is a really big story, a massive story here, how it affects this team going forward. So I don't know how it's going to affect them because these players have all been vaccinated, so they'll have an opportunity to test again, and hopefully if they test again and they're clean, and they're negative, they'll be able to play in the game. But remember, a big part of this is they have to travel. Uh, they don't have to travel. The Raiders are traveling. It's a Saturday game. So everything has moved up here a little bit. Cleveland doesn't have a lot of time in regards to get these negative tests coming back. So there's a lot of people who are talking about this in Cleveland and around the country. And we just talked about it from a gaming perspective here. If you're betting the game, Jake Trotter from ESPN reports the Browns today place eight players on the reserve COVID-19 list, including four offensive starters, Pro Bowl wide receiver Jarvis Landry, offensive guard Wyatt Teller, tight end Austin Hooper, and left tackle Jarek Willis Jr. That's a big deal. And their punter Jojo Natson, the backup guard Drew Forbes, uh, Tack McKinley, who we're familiar with, their defensive end, and Ross Travis were also placed on the list. All eight players are vaccinated which is really what the big topic is in sports right now. If you're vaccinated, you're okay because you'll probably get rid of the virus quickly and you'll be able to play in any sport. But at this point in time, this is very serious here because after Tuesday's round of testing, the Browns were placed in enhanced mitigation protocols by the league. So the league made them do this, meaning all meetings will be conducted virtually. That's an advantage to the Raiders. The Browns had a walkthrough practice scheduled for today, this afternoon, I don't know what the status is of that right now. David Njoku, the starting tight end, and linebacker Anthony Walker were placed on the reserve COVID list last week and missed the win over Baltimore. They still have yet to be activated. So according to this article in ESPN, they're faced with a short turnaround this week. The Browns could now be without several key players against the Las Vegas Raiders. And Landry and Hooper led the Browns with 38 and 33 receptions this season, respectfully. So I'm in the middle of a deep dive here on what's going to happen in this game, and I'd like to get your opinion on it. 
here now. And again, we're not going to know exactly what happens with the Browns and their COVID over the next couple of days. But the Browns are not a dominant football team. This is not a great football team. This is a team that's one game above the Raiders. So if the Raiders end up winning this game, they'll be in a really good spot. They'll be in a very good spot now, the Raiders, to get to 7-7. Seven and seven. Now, what should happen after that? If the Raiders get to 7-7, seven and seven, does that mean that they're going to win four more in a row? No, I'm not saying that. But the Raiders right now are looking for any opportunity to step up and have something to motivate them, and they shouldn't need that. The Raiders should be highly motivated because this game makes a lot of sense right in front of them. Win the game, win the game, and the Raiders get back to 500. And there's probably, there'll probably be one game out of the final playoff spot. One game out. And I think the Raiders, a lot of Raider fans think they could beat the Denvers, uh, Denver, maybe the Chargers. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. But I don't have to deal with that this week. I just have to deal with the Browns. And when it comes to a big topic on Derek Carr, let's spend a moment on this. The coaches really love Derek Carr. Why wouldn't they? He's a leader. He's a big-time leader in the organization. He's a workaholic. He does everything that the coaches want him to do. The coaches don't want to sit him because, not because they want to coach a quarterback controversy. I don't think there'd be a controversy. Derek Carr is the quarterback of this team. But what I'm interested in hearing from Raider fans now is if he doesn't start off fast, which happened in Kansas City, happened against Washington, happened against Cincinnati, would you go to Marcus Mariota for a series or two? Isn't that the easy answer for the coaches that don't want to bench him and don't want to take him out of the picture the rest of the year? The fact that they didn't take him out of the game down 35 nothing in Kansas City was alarming to me. Right at that moment, he should have been taken out of the game. Not because he wasn't playing well. The offensive line wasn't playing well. The defense wasn't playing well. Foster Moreau, we know that Renfro turned it over. Those weren't Derek's turnovers. He threw perfect passes. The issue becomes you wanted to protect Derek. Get him out of the game in, in Kansas City and save him for Cleveland. Save his legs in a short week. Save the bumps and bruises, and they didn't do it. So if they didn't do it, why is Marcus Mariota even on this team? Why wasn't Marcus Mariota traded for anything of value and then have Nathan Peterman come in? I think Nathan Peterman can play quarterback. There's been other backups and third strings on this team that could play. If you're going to have Marcus Mariota at this much money, and I know he he did his deal, he he redid the deal, and he's not making as much that he was making last year, but I think we all get this. And what happens if Mariota comes in in the second quarter for two series and sparks the team? That doesn't mean Derek's benched the rest of the year. doesn't even mean he's benched the rest of the game. Why are we treating it like a benching? Why wouldn't the Raiders just treat it like every play is the final play of the season? We need the best quarterback in on this play. So if Derek comes out on first down and they hand it off up the middle for one yard, then on second and nine, it's an incomplete pass. Why not bring Marcus Mariota in on third down where he can run for nine yards? He can move the pocket. He can make a play downfield or run for a first down. And if he does that, bring Derek back in for first down. I'm just coming up with ideas. But don't tell me you're just going to park Marcus Mariota on the bench and not use him at all. I think you have to do it in this game. I think this game 
and as we talked about Cleveland with their COVID protocol and everything that's happening around them, let's find a way to find something positive if Derek doesn't get off to a good start. If Derek doesn't get off to a good start, do you want to get blown out? Of course not. So if Derek doesn't get off to a good start, go to Mariota quickly. The best example I can give you is I'm a Yankee fan. We have a pitcher, Derek Cole, who got over 300 and I think $30 million. They were pit- he was pitching the one-game playoff against Boston. He came out, he had nothing. First three innings, he had nothing. Gave up a big home run. They took him out of the game. Garrett Cole is still the most expensive pitcher in baseball. The Yankees are going to start him on opening day next year. He's the cornerstone of the franchise. He didn't have it in the one-game playoff. They got him out of the game. And they tried to win the game, and they actually tried to come back. So I want to see what Raider fans think about Mariota. Not benching Carr. Not that he's going to be the starter the rest of the way. But give me something here. Because if you got nothing on this guy, why is he on the team? 702-365-9200. The great Raider Mike in Texas, one of my great friends. How are you, Mike? Brick. Great to talk to you, man. Hey, uh, epic interview with the coach. Uh, you know, and I, I talked to you about this earlier. Uh, one of my Christmas gifts is going to be a, a Flores number 15 home throwback jersey. And I'm, I can't wait to, to wear that thing out in, uh, in Vegas when I'm hanging out topping a beer with you. You know, JT, the, there, there's a lot of different stuff going on right now. And, and I think you've you got to tip your hat to a lot of Raider fans because they're, they're fiercely loyal to our quarterback. And that's understandable. Um, myself, I'm a little older. Uh, yourself, uh, you know what I'm talking about in that we are more loyal to the, to the team than, than any particular player. In, in the old days, you know, our quarterback's a, a great player. Uh, he's got a rocket of an arm. He gets the ball out of there quick. But, you know, I don't know if this guy would have made it if he has the mentality to play on any of those older Raider teams of the past. I don't know. Um, what I do know, and the biggest problem this team's looking at right now is our third down percentage, and it's killing this team. I talked to you about this earlier. We're 30% third down conversion rate for the year, dude. That is second to the last in the league. And it's, it's, it's killing our defense. It's killing our running game. Uh, you know, the, people are talking about not being able to run the football. Well, you can't run the football if you're not on the field. And if you're continuously coming off the field and turning the ball over to Patrick Mahomes, I, you know, I, I don't care if it's a turnover or, or, or turnover on downs or third down or what. You're, you're not going to win that game. And our defense isn't geared to put up with that. So many times this year I've been to games, the, the Chicago game, the Cincy game, where the defense has played just like heroes through three, three and a half quarters. But by the fourth quarter, they're so worn down, and the other team's just running all over them. The big thing on third down is being able to move those sticks. And if you don't have a quarterback that's doing that, that can do it with his feet. Derek Carr has converted one third down conversion longer than one yard this year. One. And it, yeah. it, we've got a backup quarterback, like you said. Let's, let's not, you, know, you don't even have to make a change, Rich. Don't even make a change. All you do is you, you put a package of six or seven plays in this week uh, for, for third and six, third and five, third and seven, and you bring Mariota in on third down, and you move those sticks, and you put Carr back out there so he can light it up. 
I mean, you, right now the season's on the line. You got Raider fans that are that are losing hope. You know, they're like they don't even want to come to Vegas. I mean, that that's alarming. You can't lose hope. Right now, it's all hands on deck, like you said in Cleveland, all hands on deck. So I would be doing whatever it took. But right now, the big problem with this team is the third down conversion rate. Until they fix that, I mean, we don't have a chance. Yeah, I'll tell you this, Mike. You've been, you're the guy who brought me. A lot of our listeners don't know this. We were callers together. You brought me into the world of the Raiders when I first got started with the black hole in you. And I've seen you at games, and we've been great friends for a long time. You've been to my home. I know your family. I know your level of frustration. And I know when you just want to win a game because you know this team isn't going to win the Super Bowl. And this is rare. I mean, I've seen you in Oakland with 4-12 and 12 teams. I've seen you with bad teams and teams, and you've always had hope because you looked at every game individually. And I'm really happy you called in today because this is one individual game that will get them to 7-7 seven and seven after an embarrassing loss, which makes it more complicated, Mike, because they played so poorly. They played so badly in the last game that a lot of fans don't have a lot of hope that they can even win one game and there's a bunch of games after this game, Raider Mike. Well, I'm telling you, man, it, the really frustrating thing is two things. Is, is our defense has played far better than they're being given credit for. I mean, they have the pass rush alone. Bradley should be getting a tremendous amount of credit. And, and I'll be honest with you, I thought Mahomes was under more pressure this last game than our quarterback was. But Mahomes, he can deal with it. He knows how to, he knows how to, to strike and, and make you pay. But... Look at the games that we could have won, the Giants game, the Cincy game, the Bears game. I mean, all these games, I mean, we could be in first place if we just would have won these games. And our quarterback did not play well in those games. I was at two of them. Christ! I mean, I was at two of them. So you you got to help the guy, and and you got. I mean, this is a perfect opportunity for our coaches to save face across the board. You know, we're not pulling them full time, but we're just giving them some help. Hey, we were supposed to be doing this all along with Gruden. I mean, Mariota has played very, very well in his limited attempts. I mean, look at last year. He came in cold off the bench when Carr got hurt. And, and I'll give it to Carr. That's a tough son of a bunch. But Mariota came off the bench, no first-team reps the whole week, and he played very well in that Charger game. And, I mean, the first play of the year, Gruden had him running this year for 40 yards. He pulled a quad. You know, that's understandable. But, I mean, he's, it, it was designed all along to get him in the game in some format. And, and right now, I'm just telling you, we're getting – killed on third down and it's yeah. killing our defense man it's just killing those guys thanks mike appreciate it the great raider mike when he uh, speaks it moves the needle it does passionate raider thank you for waiting and being patient you're up next go ahead thank you yeah jt man thank you man you had a you had a great monologue man you know sunday we're mad as hell man we're all pissed off everyone's pissed off monday we're pissed off but you know what we got a game on saturday Boys in the locker room, a game. Go out and play with some passion, like you said earlier, JT. You said Tim Brown asked, who's going to go in that locker room? Put me in that locker room. A couple of us fans in that locker room. Play silver and black. Who want to see these boys go out there and play? We love this team with everything we have, JT. And to see what they're doing right now is disgusting. Together, boys. Go. Uh, your phone's breaking up there on the back end, passionate. Right? I don't know if you walked out. I'm here. I'm onto... here. I'm here. JT. I'm here. Thank, you there? Thank, oh, 
Okay, so you're fired up. You want you want to get your voice heard. I get it. I, I need some X's and O's, okay? We know how passionate you are. You're a passionate Raider at times. I, I get it. I need some how, how do you win the game. Uh, they should be passionate. They're getting paid to be passionate. Now they got to put together a game plan that's good enough to beat the Cleveland Browns on the road. Hey, what do we do? What do we do? We go out, move the pocket a little bit for Derek. We know this offense, this line is weak. Don't let Derek stay in there like him. Just move the pocket. You know, JT, I was hollering. We were all hollering months ago about Phil Markinson and everyone shut us down. You know, now it's what did we pay him for? You know, everyone says he's, he, he's not good enough. He's not, but what did we pay him for? This guy's a pro who has won games, who has won playoff games. Mm-hmm. This guy needs to get a shot to get looked at, like you guys said before, like you've been saying. Something's got to change, but, but, but we know that. Yep. What can we do? Defense. Hit the quarterback hard and hit him hard and play smart. Just stupid stuff. Play smart. Whoever wanted to go out to the center field, I would probably sit him the first quarter. Whoever started that. Because that's not that's nowhere in Dakota ethics. Is that acceptable? Yeah, let me jump like, in. Let me jump in. That was Yannick Ngakwe. And Yannick made a mistake. And I hope we get him on the show. I've reached out to try to get him. And we'll talk about that. That's in the past. That was a mistake. He would not do that again. I think that he'll clean that up. And, and admit to it, and he should be able to do that. And for Rich Passaccia on Mariota, the question becomes now, will they use him at all? Will they use him in a limited package, or will they give him more plays than they typically do? Here's the head coach. We, we, there's been conversation all the time about what's the plan for Marcus and when he comes in and what he, exactly he can do with it. But I don't think we're real excited about taking, um, you know, number four out from behind the center when he can be a productive player for us. And I thought yesterday he gave us a chance with some of the balls that he delivered to put us in position to score some points, and we turned the ball over. So I, I, don't, I don't ever think that anything is um, one particular thing is going to, you know, move you in one direction or the other. And so we'd like to do a better job really in everything that we're doing. Okay, so I really disagree with that. I really disagree with that because of this reason. Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota or Marcus Mariota after the first quarter in Kansas City would have given the Raiders still no chance to win. They had no chance to win that game at the end of the first quarter. They were not coming back from 21-0. So the point was it should have been the easiest time to make the decision to go to the backup quarterback to save Derek for Cleveland. I mean, I don't know. If I put 100 people in the room, I think 100 would agree with me on that. You're not talking about insulting Derek. Derek does give this team the best t- chance to win for now. But if you're losing the opportunity to save the season, you've got to put Mariota in in a limited package or give him more plays. Mariota is so good of an athlete and so experienced a quarterback that if you started him in a game, the other team would freak out because they wouldn't have been breaking down film on him, and Mariota could have a big game like he did against the Chargers, and they ended up losing that game late. I don't think they're going to do that, nor should they. I'm just looking like Raider Mike said. A couple of extra plays for Mariota. And if Derek comes out and they're up 14-0 because Derek's trusting the offensive line, and he's jumping in, and he's playing great, and at the end of the first quarter, he's got two touchdowns. You keep Marcus on the bench. You save him for the next game. 
this is all hands on deck, everybody. This is time. They don't, the players don't panic and the coaches don't panic. But it's time to play desperate football. Has anybody seen any desperate football? I haven't seen any. They don't play desperate. They don't play with the sense of urgency. They don't play up-tempo, and no one seems to know why. Nobody. So do I go for another week and say for them to play up-tempo? I doubt they're going to play up-tempo with the way this offensive line struggles, and I doubt they're going to play up-tempo in a sold-out Cleveland house on the road where they can maybe barely hear themselves. I'd like to see them play up-tempo at Allegiant Stadium with their lifetime 5-10 and 10 since they opened up the building. That would be nice. Uh, Allegiant is going to have a massive event coming up here, a media event hosted by the Raiders, and you know why. The Super Bowl is coming to Las Vegas. The Raiders will make the official announcement after the owners vote on it at the owners' meeting, and it'll be the biggest event in the history of Las Vegas by far. Nothing will ever match it. You can thank Mark Davis and the Raiders for that, along with Sheldon Adelson, who passed on, Governor Sandoval, Mark Bedane, the people who work behind the scenes, everybody who worked, Napoleon McCallum, everybody who worked to bring the Raiders to Vegas, the Raiders are now getting a Super Bowl. It will be the biggest event in the history of Las Vegas. It'll be like 10 New Year's Eves because it's that important to the economy. With all due respect to NASCAR, the rodeo, UNLV, the Golden Knights, the Raiders came to this town, and now a Super Bowl is coming. That, to me, is massive. I've never dreamed that when I moved to this town in 1996 to start on Sports Fan Radio Network on East Tropicana with Bobby. Bobby, turned the microphone on. When you and I were doing the show from midnight to 5 a.m., in a room, just me and you, in the middle of the night. Did we ever think a Super Bowl would come to this town? We weren't even allowed to think that. We, we weren't allowed to think anything like that. Absolutely no, not. Nothing. Never never would have thought it. We, we, we were, you couldn't even mention Vegas in a Super Bowl ad. Brent Musburger yeah. could never speak about the lines or any of that kind of stuff. No, it was absolutely forbidden. Incredible. Incredible that this is happening. And the whole city came together to make it happen from the... 872 laborers who built the stadium, to everybody, the politicians behind the scene. We get stuff done in Vegas. doesn't take decades to get stuff done here. You know, once decisions are made, things happen quick here in Vegas, and the Raiders quickly got a Super Bowl here and a Pro Bowl here and the NFL draft here. So that's really the greatness of the Raiders, but they have to win football games on the field, and that's the number one priority, even more so than the Super Bowl and the draft and the Pro Bowl is winning football games, and we always understand that. 702-365-9200. Paul Gutierrez will join us coming up next, the Raider Insider. I got a lot to talk to him about. I want to know about the roster, Cleveland with COVID, what could happen at the quarterback position. There's a lot to talk about with Paul. He'll join us next. We're brought to you by AnyTiresPlus.com. 350 North Boulder Highway. It's the place where my son went and got a smog inspection. And he only paid $5.95 at Any Tires Plus. Right now, $50 off any new set of tires at Any Tires Plus. And complimentary road hazard protection for, 20 more, for 24 months with the purchase of a new complete set of tires at Any Tires Plus. AnyTiresPlus.com.
We've had five turnovers. You know what I mean? We're, we're trying to get ready to go play Cleveland. I don't know how much more I can banter around the turnovers in the game or the sacks in the game or what went on. You know, if you'd like to ask a question about Cleveland, I'm, I'm all ears. So that, that game's over, and we didn't play well enough to have a chance to win. Now we're on to the next week. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a tough question. A little bit of frustration. I think Rich Basaccia has been fantastic uh, doing what he needs to do and, and getting out what he needs to say at these press conferences. I sit down with him every Thursday. He's got notes. We go through the tough questions. Why'd you lose? Why wasn't the team doing this or that? And then we preview the upcoming opponent. And he's a delegator. He's got Gus Bradley. And he's got Greg Olson in the offensive staff. And he's overseeing still special teams with his assistant. Players got to play better as we bring in Paul Gutierrez, the ESPN Raider insider. Paul, let's begin. Let's start from a coaching perspective on why these players haven't been ready, how they got blown out in Kansas City, how the offense is just dead in the water and can't get anything going against Washington and Cincinnati. What's your analysis of the coaching you've seen in the last month? Yeah, JT, thanks for having me. And it's funny, you know, I was there yesterday when, when Rich Versace, you know, wanted to move on and he didn't want to talk about it anymore. But, I, you know, I always go back to my, to my Santiana, right? Uh, those who do not learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. And that's what you're kind of seeing week in and week out with this team. Um, you know, in, in, in the wake of John Gruden's abrupt resignation, they, they did rally, and it was an emotional high, and they, they blew out the Broncos, and they blew out the Eagles, and then they went on their bye. And, and I remember as they went on their bye, Derek Carr saying he hadn't really had a chance to process all of that yet. And I wondered, uh-oh, what's, what's going to happen when they kind of realize what they're going through, what's happening? John Gruden, the unquestioned leader of this franchise at that time, is gone. Well, they come back from their bye, and then the Henry Ruggs uh, tr- um, unfortunate tragedy happens. And this team just has not been the same since. You know, when you when you look at the X's and the O's, what Henry Ruggs being gone, Deshaun Jackson, the lack of trust there between Derek and, and the other wideouts and players, it's just all kind of coalescing into one ugly kind of thing that we've seen mm-hmm. years after year after year with this team. So whether it's coaching or not being ready or the message is there, there's no doubt. These guys are adults. They're, they're paid professionals. They know what's on the line. They know what's at stake. And I would actually – counter and say they were ready to play at Kansas City. They just got beat by a much better team. And what tells me they were ready, they were fired up, was that probably ill-advised standing on the Chiefs logo at the 50-yard line, which uh, you know didn't look good afterwards. I'm not going to say that's why the Chiefs won by what they won by, but it wasn't a good look. But from the Raider perspective, hey, it's a rivalry. Let's get ourselves fired up. Let's go. They knew what was happening. They just got beat and beat down. Are you hearing anything in the locker room? Because I know you guys don't have the access but you're one of the most connected insiders that covers the team when it comes to Divine Diablo's comments or how Yannick Ngakwe is going to own the mistake of doing that on the logo and how it affects the locker room. I mean, Derek didn't defend it per se. I don't think he would have done it, and a teammate did it, and he didn't want to throw a teammate under the bus here. But there's got to be more to this story as you look to hunt this story down on why they actually did this. Yeah, and, and I asked Derek about that after the game, and he paused. And, and, you know, when you've been around Derek as long as, as we have, right, you know when he means to say something and, and what he really means when he says something else. And that pause, to me, spoke volumes. And then when he said, well, if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. It was obvious he wasn't down with it. Uh, you see the video of him and Marcus Mariota running off. They're the first two. They couldn't get out of there quick enough. So he didn't agree with it. And that, to me, shows that there might be a potential schism developing in that locker room that – 
you got team captains that, you know, don't feel like they've got enough sway to say, hey, man, we shouldn't do this. Or the wave just overcomes the team of emotion and you just go and do it. I mean, it was a silly thing in, in the grand scheme of things. Did it cost them the game? No. But it's not a good look, and it, and it reveals something potentially that's much deeper rooted here. Um, again, winning is the ultimate deodorant, and if they go into Cleveland and, and pull that out, they're right back in it again, and then all of a sudden I'm looking at the Godfather Part 3 where Pacino's saying, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. So I don't know if, that, if they're capable of doing that. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett is a fearsome pass rusher. Derek's going to be on his uh, horse all game long. But, you know, it is a week-by-week NFL season, and I asked Derek that, and he he totally acknowledged that, too, that, you know, he takes all the blame when things are going bad. He takes all the credit when things are going good. Hey, that's the life of an NFL quarterback. Paul Gutierrez is our guest, ESPN. Paul, I think you're the perfect guy to ask this. We're going to have Mary Kay Cabin on, and I try to get insiders on on a national level on my other show, and you and Vic and the guys that I have here are the best. And – You'll, you'll see weeks where SportsCenter wants you on the entire week. If it is, and I'm not talking about rugs and the Gruden emails. If the Raiders are playing well, they want to talk to you about the Raiders. They're back. They're Vegas. All this hype. And then if they're losing three in a row, you see other insiders who are on SportsCenter more, and they're talking about the team. And I think this week is what that's all about to me. Cleveland is getting all this national attention before the COVID outbreak, but the win against Baltimore, Baker Mayfield, how, how they can save the season and run to the playoffs. The Raiders are getting gut-punched. If the Raiders win this game, they're clearly better than Cleveland. They beat them two years in a row, and they jump Cleveland in the playoff standings. What more motivation would they need, Paul? Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny. I'm not trying to scoop myself here, but you're right. You either If you're covering a team, you want them to be either really good or really bad or have a lot of controversy because you want eyeballs on your work, right? And that's just looking at it from my small bubble. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I've got a request already to tape a TV hit for later in the week because the Raiders are interesting. Uh, and this is a potential make-or-break game here. They lose in Cleveland? Yeah, that's probably all she wrote. Uh, it looked like that was all she wrote in, in Kansas City anyway. But it's there, there's no need to motivate this team. And if there is, then the season's already lost. And, and we knew that after the Gruden resignation, right, when when that all happens and, and they're like, uh-oh, what's going to happen next? Well, they rode that emotional high. And, and that's what I asked Derek today. It, it was about, you know, he's always going to be a glass-half-full guy anyways, but if you crunch the numbers and you do the math and you look at it, you win this week in a week-to-week NFL season, look where you are, and then you can try to ride that wave going forward. You lose, okay, well, now you're talking about – everything else that comes with it, a potential house cleaning of the interim coach, of the GM, and, yeah, probably even the quarterback. So there's a lot riding on this game. I don't think they need to go stand on the on the Browns logo at the 50, whatever that might be. Uh, they just need to take care of their own business. And at the end of the day, that's what this season's really all about. Hey, Paul, let's wrap this up. I want to talk to you about the injury report, which I just saw. It just came in front of me. Darren Waller did not participate. And I know what, you know, off days and where this team is coming off. But what do you think with Perriman, Waller, uh, Jonathan Abram, especially Trayvon Mullen? Is there any optimism that especially Waller will have a good week in recovery here in play? Or is this going to stretch out another week or two? Yeah, with a short week, that, that doesn't bode well. But then again, you think about it, well, Waller got hurt on Thanksgiving in the first half. So he's had a little bit longer to to work out the kinks of what it is. Versace has talked a little bit about, um, you know, the pool work that he's getting in, you know, so there's a lot of non-weight-bearing work that he's getting in, um, you know. And then, again, 
it, it was a walkthrough. So the report for today is an estimation of what might have happened, what could have happened. So it, it's just, you know, hurry up and wait when you, when you look at these these reports. I mean, you know, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago either when John Gruden was saying that, that uh, Richie Incognito was going to be ready for the season opener either. So, you know, injuries take as long as they take. Um, and it's just uh, unfortunate that it always plays a part and that's where that mentality of next man up, blah, 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 it all comes into play. But, yeah, they, they, the Raiders went into Kansas City definitely shorthanded, minus Darren Waller, minus Denzel Perriman, uh, even Carl Nassib. So we'll see exactly how the week goes out. But keep in mind that today was indeed a walkthrough and an estimation. Paul, last question. Do you see any circumstance where Mariota would get more reps? And I would mean that it wouldn't be a benching of Derek, but whatever package yeah. they have – because this is such a desperate game. It's such a must-win. There's nothing if they lose this game. They're 6-8. and eight, They're done. And we all know that. But if they win, there is some optimism. So why not Mariota on third and seven, as some callers have said? Why not Mariota for a series unless Derek starts really fast, which all Raider fans hope he does, and then you don't have to think about that? That's exactly the question I asked of Rich Passaccia yesterday was, especially with that, that front that Cleveland presents and with Miles Garrett already having 15 sacks and, and, you know, on pace to set a new sack record, why wouldn't you contemplate having a more mobile quarterback out there? So, you know, in Kansas City, it was more a question of why, why wasn't Mariota in there, if for nothing else, than for Derek's safety, right? I mean, he was being chased, he's being sacked, he's being hit. It's, um, it's a tough one because – you know, in my opinion, if you sit Derek for any reason other than safety slash injury, you run the risk of of, of alienating him, of him mm-hmm. kind of tuning sure. out. I don't. I'm not saying that that he's not a team player or anything like that. But uh, we saw what happened last year when he willed himself back on the field when Marcus came in and had a good game, albeit in a, in a loss to the Chargers last year when Derek got hurt. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where, you know, the philosophy part of it is. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. I mean, you got to change something up here. And if Miles Garrett is eating, you got to try to fix something. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate your time as always. Safe travels to Cleveland. Appreciate it. You got it, Paul Gutierrez. Great information as always. And again, if you have to worry about alienating Derek or him shutting down, I mean, that's the insider saying that, and it's important. I don't think that matters. It, no no one's going to alienate Derek. He's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And he has the ability to play at the highest level here and sign a long-term contract. We're not looking to bench Derek and never see him again. We're looking to put in a game plan in the next couple of days on a short week to Saturday that gives the Raiders the best chance to win. And I think most Raider fans think on third and short in a must-win game – Marcus Mariota gives the Raiders a better chance to run for a first down than Derek. I'm not asking him to start the game at quarterback. I'm asking him to come in on third and two on the first drive so the chains move, and then Derek has four, four new downs. And the Waller injury is becoming a nightmare here. I'm not saying that he's not going to play. I have no idea. Today was, as we said, a walkthrough day. But they got to get Waller back. I mean, if Waller can go, and Darren's not, he's a tough guy. If he can go, he's got to go. Also, Field Yates just reported, final total, 29 new players were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list today. 28 of the 29 were a result of a positive test with COVID. COVID is back, everybody, like we expected it to be. The question is, how do we handle it and how do we keep sports open? 
and now not shut it down. Nash in Houston, thanks for being patient. Hello, Nash. Hey, how's it going, JT? Hey, good, uh, thank you. I, 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 I'm, I'm good with uh, Mariota on uh, third and two, third and three, not third and five and 36. Uh, I, I agree with what uh, Gutierrez was just saying. I, I, I just think that uh, he's your guy, and ultimately – uh, you don't see Aaron Rodgers sit down. You don't see Tom Brady sit down. Uh, you don't see, uh, you know, any of these other guys sit down. So uh, I don't think Derek's. If he's got a vote, he's going to say no. I'm in. But third and two, I agree. And if they're that it's fourth and one, you go for it. And as far as X's and O's, uh, I'm going to go with uh, two tight ends and a hurry up mm-hmm. offense and using Foster Moreau either as a uh, running back, a fullback, or then you put him in the line and then you split out Waller if he can play. But, again, I think that's going to help our offensive line, that they can line up. Defense can't move. Not that we're going to play real fast, but you're up to the line, and then the defense is going to have to set themselves because they don't know when you're going to go, and that's going to help our offensive line be able to identify who they're blocking, either both pass or run. So you got to play faster, get up to the line, and, again, and, and stay away from first down runs. And I think that gives us a shot, and then we go on to Indy. Fantastic call. Thanks for checking in. Fantastic. That is a realistic phone call. That is not a guy just sitting here dreaming about how the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl. That's what I'd like to do the rest of the week is to go in here and go hard. I'll be at the M Resort Spawn Casino on Saturday. I hope we get a big crowd there. I please hope you attend to make it a Raider atmosphere. This game's on Saturday right in the middle of the afternoon. Hopefully you can get to M if you're local right here in Vegas, and come on out, and let's have a good time. It's the holidays, man. I got my kid coming back from college. One's already home. I got a great wife. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to enjoy my life and then wait for a Raider victory. I'm not going to predict Raider losses and be miserable. It's not the way I want to go through life after all these years of covering the Raiders. I want to be optimistic, and then when there's no optimism left, the changes happen, and we'll cover it for you. Christian McCaffrey on the COVID list. Man, what a what a year and a half he's had. Chris Jones of Kansas City on the COVID list. Nick Bowers just activated COVID list out of Penn State. The reserve COVID list goes up big the last two days. Big story in the NFL. by Draymond Curry gets free for three got it Curry with a three ball off a great pick by Draymond well this is a big night tonight because Steph Curry is going to break the all-time three-point scoring record of Ray Allen and he's going to do it in the house that I grew up in MSG Madison Square Garden he'll do it against my Knicks that's an early game on TNT now the problem with this is that the Bay Area and all of us warrior supporters i'm not a warrior supporter but those in the raider nation who are warrior fans that's an early start so that's 4 30 a lot of people are going to miss that uh, i would think that it'd be a great day to be in a sports bar today if you're going to go to wahoo's fish taco uh, go there get in front of a couple of screens there the food's fantastic proud sponsor of our show and go watch steph curry make history tonight it'd be a great night to do it and then we'll have that sound to play tomorrow and it's been a long time uh, for this, Ray Allen had that record for a long time. Steph is going to reset it, and he's going to pass it. And now it's going to be interesting to see how long 
Steph Curry plays the rest of his career because he should play another six or seven years at the money he's making. He's going to win the MVP this year. That's a lock. So if Steph plays a minimum of five or six more years, jacking up as many threes as he will, no one will get that record. I mean, no one. There ain't a little boy coming in who's 14 years old that's going to break that record. And Steph is going to annihilate that record and post a new number, and it's going to almost be impossible to see how that plays out. Also, the Vegas Golden Knights play the Bruins at 4 o'clock today. And we're going to be hearing more Golden Knights on this show as we'll be talking to some players and some insiders. Rossi in Australia, who listens on the Raiders mobile app and calls the post-game show after every game. Rossi, how are you, mate? I'm not too bad. How are you? Everything's good. We need a win. Yeah, certainly do. Um, I, I agree with the Mariota side, and it's nothing against Carl. I, I like Carl. I just don't think in Olsen's offense uh, he's been put in a position to be successful um, on, a, on a play-by-play basis. So I think mixing it up, throw Mariota in there, not even on a third and seven. If, if Jacobs does nothing on first, first down, second and ten, throw Mariota in there. Uh, just do something a little bit different so that at least it slows up the pass rush from uh, from Cleveland. I, and I completely agree uh, with what uh, Gutierrez was saying around uh, the optics of suddenly if, if, if we come out of this game with a win, if it's 17-16, whatever it is, uh, then... Those kind of glasses go back on. You know, suddenly we're just looking at Colts and Broncos and Chargers, and suddenly we're, we're sitting at a 10 and 7, and, and there's an opportunity for, for playoffs. But certainly over the past few weeks, this, this team, uh, they've just been a rudderless boat. It's just been, uh, I know Biaccio has been saying, like, Olsen, you look after the offense, and I think Gus Bradley's done an amazing job with the defense. and potentially takes the, the big job next year. But I, I just think that anything, the, any positives that we see out of these next four weeks are still potentially tapering over cracks that have been there since you know, yeah. a very lucky win against the Ravens in week one. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for calling in from Australia. That takes a lot of effort, and we greatly appreciate that. A, a couple of things I want to talk about there. We all know there's going to be massive changes coming up. Everybody knows that. It's just the proper time to talk about it. And, again, I run a – I take the high road on the radio show with the organization. That's why I've been here this long. I I don't treat the organization like I'm having a beer in a parking lot and just trashing it. I have high respect for this organization who has treated me very well. And when the time is right to talk about changes, we do. You know, when the Raiders put out the official Super Bowl announcement, that's when I talk about it. I run my show differently. Everybody does a great job with their other shows, and I appreciate how they run their shows. I I just want to make sure I do it the way I've done it in the past, which is a level of respect and with the information I have. And when I do have information, I give it to you every time. I don't hold anything back. The thing about Derek Carr is very interesting to me. Derek Carr is going to be rumored to remain the quarterback of this team on a contract extension, and he's going to be rumored to be involved in trades. We all know that. That's happened years ago. Tom Brady came to a UFC fight, 
and was ringside next to the octagon with Mark Davis and Marcel Reese and almost broke the internet. Dabo Sweeney's on the sideline of a game to see his former Clemson players, and the internet almost breaks that Dabo Sweeney's going to be the next head coach. I know how to handle this. What I'm telling you with Derek is that these are must-win games, and there's been several must-win games lately, and Derek hasn't played well. He hasn't. And you could say he hasn't played well because he doesn't have rugs. He doesn't have Gruden. He has an inferior offensive line. That would all be accurate. So I'm not looking to bench Derek. I'm just looking to get Mariota in for a spark if they need it. And they're going to need it in this game because you can't deny that. If they're getting beat badly, it will have to happen. There will have to be a change. They'll have to get Mariota in to save the game if they need a spark. If they don't need a spark, Derek stays in. I mean, we're all adults. We can all handle this conversation. You know, if you can't handle this conversation, how are you going to handle a rebuild or a new quarterback or a new coach or anything like that? So we're just trying to find a way to beat Cleveland. And if you're joining us late, the breaking news is that Cleveland's got eight players in COVID protocol now. So the AFC North is the tightest race. It used to be the AFC West. There's a big game coming up here on Thursday. Raider fans have to root for Kansas City to beat the Chargers. I know that hurts. But the Raiders need Kansas City to win to bring the Chargers back to the pack. Because Kansas City's going to the playoffs. And if the Chargers win this game against Kansas City and have their ninth win, they're going to the playoffs too. And you'd have two teams in the AFC West, and Denver has a better record than the Raiders. So it's a do-or-die game against Cleveland. Hopefully the Chargers lose to Kansas City. The Raiders pick up a game on Cleveland. If Baltimore and Cincinnati lose, when we look at their schedule, and if the Colts lose, Colts have one of the toughest games out there. So when we look at all of this, it would take a miracle, but there are some options out here. You need New England to beat Indy. You need some of these other teams to show up. Green Bay should beat Baltimore. Tennessee should beat Pittsburgh. Cincinnati should be Denver, and they'll be ahead of the Raiders still, but the Raiders got to take care of business against a Cleveland team that's not a juggernaut. Kansas City was a juggernaut. Cleveland is not. So everybody's got to kind of pick themselves up and look for a big win against a team that the Raiders should be able to compete against. Big shows the rest of the week, I promise you. We got this lined up and dialed in for that Saturday football game. Have a great day, everybody.